everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show, we're going to be talking about the really sad fact that over 70% of human beings on, on this, this earth, whole planet, uh, live in countries that uh, discriminate, severely discriminate against the non-religious. So, yeah. wow. Yeah. That's a sobering thought for you. And guess what? It <laughs> might feel like it's the United States sometimes. Yeah, but it ain't. <laughs> it ain't. It ain't. All Hence, right. we are doing a, this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. All right. Um, but first, Dan, Christmas just happened. Just happened, everybody. Well, for these guys. For, for, for our listeners, it's for just you happened. Listening for us, it's still before Christmas. But I have an article here that uh, made me sort of giggle uh, because it points out that uh, this year Christmas falls on Sunday. Sure. And woe is me. What are all the churches going to do that are worried about attendance? What? Well, because people want to be at home opening their their Christmas gifts. I thought Sunday, I thought Christmas was like the one time people actually go to church. <laughs> Apparently, if you're Catholic. No, uh, if you are Protestant in this country, um, <laughs> there is a chance that your church will just be closed this uh, this Christmas. Or that it Fuck was off, closed Jesus, I want to be with my kids. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> and like the pastors are like, they're like, well, you know, like we, the last time this happened was in 2016 and like nobody showed up. So what's the point? Right. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not exaggerating too much no, right I... here. Um, let's see. It says, um, yeah, Christmas is considered by most Christians to be the second most significant religious holiday of the year. Wait, what? Second most? Easter is the most. Oh man. In my life, that, that shit would never have flown when I was a religious guy. Like, no, no, it's Christmas all the way. That's because Mormons don't really get Easter. That's true. Mormons right. are Mormons really Mor- don't. Mormons are bad at Easter. They're bad at um, Easter. That's true. <laughs> Let's see. Um, but it says, uh, but most Protestants do not attend church services on on Christmas Day. Oh, when it falls on a weekday, right? So they're they're sort of okay. pointing out like Catholics do, right? Yeah, like, Cath- like yeah, Catholics. It's the only time they go to church. <laughs> Christmas and Easter, and that's it. Um, yeah, Catholics are, are kind of screwed. That's, it's kind of why they do, uh, the midnight mass mm. thing, right? So Christmas Eve, you, you go to, to mass and it, and technically part of it's falling into Christmas day. So then you don't have to worry about it anymore. You then you've done, you've, you've done, done double it. duty. You, you've gotten it taken care of. And now you don't have to worry about like, what is your family going to do? Christmas morning. Okay. Right? Get up for church or do what everybody else would, would rather do. You know, the, all of the other times that Christmas is any day, but Sunday, you don't have right. this, this worry. You get up, you open your gifts, you lounge about in your pajamas. Maybe you have like a little brunchy brunch thing with friends or family come over, whatever. Right. Like <laughs> you, you have a thing that you do. And so the, right. so Christmas traditions, and this is what these pastors are, are recognizing, are hard for families, for a lot of families to break. And so they, they're just like, yeah, we're not going to go to church. We'll just skip church this year. 
you know. Yeah, I don't think it's hard for them to break. They're just not going to do it. (laughs) They're just not interested. No, thanks. Yeah. We have way too much fun. Right. Doing our family thing. Well, I guess there's a number of more hardline pastors who um, are give pretty judgy <laughs> about these pastors who are closing. Um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> They're mad. Uh, this is uh, J.D. Greer. Oh, yeah. Um, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention from 2018 to 2021. Yeah. Sunday is the Lord's Day. And ought to be a day you spend with the family of Christ. But I don't want it. I don't want to be the Pharisees of this generation where I turn it into some kind of rule. There's, there's never an exception for, right? Oh, he's actually okay with it. Um, he's like, he's like, basically, he also acknowledges that COVID basically broke church attendance. Yeah. Um, church is dead now. We don't do church anymore. Here's, Kevin DeYoung, he's, um, I don't think he's anybody actually that important, Um, but he says, uh, we've all heard sermons on Jesus is the reason for the season. When churches cancel their services, um, he says the message is something more like, hey, it's Christmas and Jesus may not be the reason for the season, (laughs) right? Because I mean, and he does kind of have a point if you look at it from a religious perspective, you know, because like they're putting the gift giving and all of the non-religious Christmas traditions in front of the one that, you know, look what the church wants, which is you showing up to fucking church. What they're doing, Franklin is they are admitting what is actually important about Christmas to literally everyone who celebrates it. Yes. It is so, which is just yeah. It is about celebrating with family. Yeah. It is about enjoying mm-hmm. yourself. It's yeah. about fun. It's it is it is not about Jesus. It is so completely co opted by <laughs> by the secular version of Christmas, and it's great. But here's it's the much thing: better they like seriously, folks. Like, do you need this stupid holiday right <laughs> to like? remind you about Jesus you the believe me we know you haven't forgotten about Jesus right the rest of the year you're going on and on and on about Jesus let these poor people have a Sunday where they can, can just fucking be with their family anyway well they're I, not gonna I, forget about Jesus you you won't shut up about Jesus I have to remind you Frank that half of the point of what a pastor does he's out there to make people feel bad about <laughs> about themselves and what they're doing. Right. And so this is, is a great opportunity. It's key. Yeah. To make just, just to reinforce that you are a piece of shit of a person yeah. and you don't deserve love. These pastors but, that are just letting people do whatever they want and not go to church. Like their churches are closed in five years. <laughs> right. Guaranteed. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm going to take us up to the, uh, the great white North. Ooh, beautiful. Uh, yeah. Cross the border into Canada, yeah. up into Winnipeg. Ooh, chilly up uh, there this time of year. Yeah, and especially right now. I think I think oh, that's right. Right now, there's a horrible thing happening <laughs> like to ne- many parts of the country, and not not it kind of missed us. I love yeah, it. And, it's like and anyway, negative two hundred up there. It is. It is indeed. <laughs> um, but Winnipeg is home to the Canadian Museum for Human Rights, which wow. Uh, 
Okay. Sounds nice. Yeah, I like uh, that. It's a, you know, I, I appreciate rights as a human, and I think that all humans <laughs> should have a few of them. It's a, it's a good thing in general. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. Not everyone appreciates all of the rights. Oh. Uh, there are those that do not appreciate some of the rights. And uh, one of the, you know, one whole set of rights that is decidedly unappreciated by a lot of folks is is them gay rights, mm. them LGBTQ rights to sort of live as everyone else would like to live and, you know, carve out their own their own little way in the world. Right. So apparently multiple schools would take field trips to the Canadian Museum for Human Rights, but ask the museum to cover over certain no uh, certain displays. Wait, certain what? Uh, yeah. And shockingly, for a few years, no, they did it. <sighs> Literally, Canada's institution devoted to human rights <sighs> were willing to just sort of block <laughs> the LGBTQ wing what? so that the Christian students didn't have to see that gays might have rights too. Boy, that's, that's accommodating to a fault. That's, that's that polite is, to a fault right there. That is ugliness that is right there. That, that is, it's a human true. rights violation to do that, for God's sake. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, that was, so that was, that was back in like 2015 to 2017. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. We've they, matured they have, as a people since then. Right. I, well, I they have matured. The Canadians have. Well, I mean as a humanity. No, humanity hasn't <laughs> matured at all. I think we can all agree that that has not happened. Um, however, what did happen was somebody got wind of this happening and, uh, and you know, the, the, the papers got a, got a hold of it. And the, uh, the institution, the, the museum, ceased this practice. However... You know, these journalists who were out to try and you know, report the story, CBC News, etc., were trying to figure out what schools had actually gotten this accommodation. Oh, wow. And the schools immediately launched in uh, to beg the court to keep them anonymous oh. so that they didn't have to uh, be outed, be doxxed by, uh, by the CBC. Whatever. And uh, just now, just recently, uh, the Canadian courts have ruled that n no schools, you're 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 out, you're coming out. So, uh, Sterling Sterling West Pembina, which is a, a Christian school in Saint Vincent, Minnesota, uh -huh. uh, which is just just below the border, and Sterling North Stonewall, which is in Stonewall, Manitoba, just north of Winnipeg, uh, were the two. They they were the two Sterling schools that managed for a while to go and see only the only the human rights that they were interested in, and none of the ones that make them feel icky. Why would they even go to the museum in the first place? Right? It just doesn't seem like something that. You guys don't want. like human rights. Right. Why are you here? <laughs> That's amazing. 
So anyway, that that was that's just a weird, ugly thing that happened, and and now we know in that. Canada of all places, right? Get your act together, Canada. Come oh, on. All right, um, Dan. It's the yeah. ongoing story of the drag queen story hour. Oh, this story. This will not end as a story. And well, because they've they've really the the. the the evil assholes have really hyped it up. It is their new, uh, they've hitched their wagon to this, to this idea. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, it just got uglier this week. Oh good. So lest you thought this story was just going to sit there and simmer quietly. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. So, uh, in New York city, there's a city council member, uh, by the name of Eric Botcher who is a gay man and okay. he uh, has supported uh, the drag queen story hour events in, in the, you know, New York city libraries. Sure. And um, the, 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 these protesters, these, these, you know, kind folk who are, you know, speaking their minds, they're, they're concerned. These concerned citizens, that's what I should yes. really call them. Yeah. Uh, these concerned citizens, well, they decided that they were going to uh, show up uh, at his office. Sure. And uh, where they were screaming and banging on his office door uh, <laughs> and uh, vandalizing the hallway, I believe. Right. And uh, they they graffitied the word groomer, of course, all over the place. Which of course is what they like to say. It's this their new rallying is, cry is is doing that. It's uh, uh, these drag queens grooming uh, children as though they were pedophiles. You right. know, going after these kids. I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, I mean, I don't feel like I need to go into this part of it, but um, the program in New York City, the and, and nationally, I guess I should say, the Drag Queen Story Hour, the events they sponsor nationally, the the participants have to go through background checks, right? Right. Uh, the New York City library system has a child safety course that they are required to take. And as, aside from all of that, it's a public event. Yeah. Where parents have chosen, they've made a, a choice about their child's sort of extracurricular activities, and yeah. uh, they've taken them to a fucking storytelling hour. Yeah. And that's it. For right? fun. For fun. And it's the parents' right to make these kind of decisions. Well, and also, let us be clear, uh, doing background checks is so much more than religious institutions do. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Right. Where yeah. there actually is grooming taking where there, place. Yeah. Where there's literally, where they got the term grooming from to then apply. Right. It is such a dodge. Well, anyway, so they were out there for a while banging on his door, causing a stir or whatever. He, I, I think they might've left or they were escorted out. Was or he something. inside? Uh, I believe he was at the time. Oh, wow. Because he, he left and he went to um, services at his synagogue. Mm. And as he was coming out of the synagogue, he, his phone went nuts. Uh, he was getting texts from his neighbors in, from his apartment building. 
Oh God. And, uh, and he's like, Oh no. Oh no. So he runs home where, uh, the police were, were already there and protesters had, uh, broken into the building and were, you know, causing this big scene out on the streets. Um, they again were graffitiing both inside the hallway of the building and uh, the exterior of the, of the building. And, uh, one of his neighbors, I watched the video. I saw this part. Um, one of his neighbors was coming back from walking his dog. It was a 52 year old man out walking his dog. And he comes back and he's like, you know, come on. He like sort of confronts the protesters. He's like, you're just making a lot of noise. Go home. Right. right. Get out of here. And the protesters, and there were a bunch of them, right? Uh, they turn on this man. One of them is sort of threatening his, like to, he has his like cigarette right in his face. Um, oh and he's like threatening to burn his face. Right. And so this, this man, he turns and, you know, is just kind of walking away, going back down the street away from his building. And yeah. w- one of them, and I mean, it is aggressive and violent. One of them comes running and, and pushes him from behind. Um, and he, and he slams into a car, um, that's part of shit. And so he gets, his face is cut, he scraped knee, so forth and so on. And, and yeah, of course, all of this, this protects the children. All of this, that's what, though they're, they're, yeah, absolutely. While this, while they were doing this, no, <laughs> they, they stopped all drag queen story hours, clearly, um, well, from, and, from yeah. proceeding and saved the children from, from the horrible drag queens. Um, <laughs> but no, they, um, let's see, they, some of the stuff that they were yelling, this is, it's so weird. There's, uh, how come you don't have police officers reading to the kids? They were yelling. How come you don't mm-hmm. have firefighters reading to the kids? Both of these things probably do happen and, but definitely could happen. Yeah. Right. Nobody's stopping that. That's not what these people do. These people organize drag queens. Yeah. If you want cops, organize cops. And then it's like, are you grooming them, Eric? Right. The. Right. Are you trying to sexualize children, Eric? So, um, really go. nasty. And this I wonder is, how how it works in their mind that like reading a children's book to children yeah. sexualizes them. Yeah. Because you're in fancy clothes when you do it. Yeah. Yeah. How I does know. that work in your brain? <laughs> I don't know. But there were at least um, 141 protest attacks or significant threats against drag events in the United States this year so yeah. far. And so it's not going to get a, any better thing. anytime soon. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's just crazy. We've talked about it ad nauseum, but it's just crazy that this has turned into this thing. Yeah. It's such a strange thing for, for them to be protesting against. It feels like such a strange thing to have to stand up for. Like, it's right? just weird. Just, I'm confounded by the whole thing. Just so dumb. Yeah. Well, speaking of people who put on little pageant shows and and talk to children the catholic church uh (laughs) has 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 taken an action that they probably should have taken oh i don't know just years and years ago um they have they have defrocked a priest which by the way if defrocking happened at drag queen story hour that would be an issue if if they actually defrocked but uh that's a different kind of frock. And uh, uh, I would talking. love it though, for a drag queen who's broken the rules somehow 
to have to turn in, you know, <laughs> their to, dress. And yes, exactly. You have to turn in your dress and then sachet away. <laughs> um, so, so Frank, P- Frank Pavone, I always want to pronounce it Pavone, but it's Pavone, uh, kind of got famous in 2016 when he released a video of himself. This is a very, uh, he, he is a very anti-abortion priest. Mm. This was his big stump issue. And he did an anti-abortion uh, video with, which used as a prop an ostensibly real human fetus oh god laid out in front of him while he discussed how oh. awful abortions are um you know which that's awful horrifying like what are you doing that's disgusting yeah he he is a disgusting person but that didn't stop his career uh his he was fine as a priest you know ever since then they did do the Catholic, uh, the traditional Catholic shuffle when, uh, when he was getting, uh, he was literally, his Bishop was like, you got to knock this shit off. You yeah. are freaking everybody out. And so he was shuffled away to in an undisclosed, uh, diocese or, or an undisclosed workstation. He was, uh, he, so I'm just imagining but, him actually having to shuffle away yes. like a little step to the left a little <laughs> maybe it was in buffalo maybe he shuffled <laughs> off to buffalo uh anyway uh it was unclear where where he landed but he was still he was doing uh he was originally in uh, amarillo texas and then uh so then, he was being punished well yeah you, <laughs> sorry amarillo <laughs> oh come on amarillo you know you know what you do you know uh anyway he he had none of that got him uh got him in enough trouble to for him to lose his priestness jesus what do you what offense do you think was the straw that broke the camel's back in him no longer being allowed to be a priest what was the thing that pushed it over the edge and i'll give you a hint mm. it was a tweet Um, I don't know. He, I don't know, Dan. Uh, reportedly he called Joe Biden a goddamn loser and then, and said, uh, that, that Biden's supporters can't say a goddamn thing in support of their loser candidate without using the word Trump. Now they don't care that he has and continues to expressly, uh, support one candidate over another. Right. Right. Which should endanger his diocese's tax exempt status in the yeah. United States. The law says that, but everybody knows that's a joke here and it doesn't actually happen. No, no. They were mad at the goddamn. <gasps> no. They were mad at the blasphemy. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. That's hysterical. Yeah. yeah, and that seems to be the uh the thing that 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 did it. He can like oh the things that priests do. Yeah. yeah. And he's been getting away with all kinds of all kinds of shit. Po- you know, it's basically politics, 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 fetus, fetus, fetus. 
That's yeah, all you could have added pedophile, pedophile, pedophile to that. <laughs> and, and he still, still would, be, would like, be fine. There'd be some question as to whether or not <laughs> it, probably he would be, he would be asked to retire or, you know, sent no, to he'd the, be promoted to something at the Vatican. Right. Exactly. Oh, but boy, geez. apparently, I, I mean, the truth is he was probably pissing people off left and right the right. whole time. And they just were waiting for him to sl- one more slip up. He was, it was a three strikes and you're out sort of thing <laughs> with HR. I'm sure but he has indeed been, uh, been defrocked. Well, all right. And, uh, and will no longer be a, uh, no more frock for him. Yeah. You're all right. And, you know, it's hard to find a new career when you're 50-something, 60-something years old. Yeah, Yeah. he probably has some money stashed away. (laughs) He'll be fine. (laughs) Um, All right, Dan. So I I stumbled upon this article in the Salt Lake Tribune. That's our local newspaper that's not owned by the Mormons. Yes. Um, And uh, it's asking the question of what, what what, what do you do with with churches when uh, the the there's no longer a church, right? Mm. When there's no longer a congregation to fill the church, the church, um, and apparently because this is uh, it's happening right now here in Salt Lake, there's a a Protestant church that's closing, and oh. the Tribune is covering it. Yeah, the, uh, one of those old mid century ones up on um, Foothill. Really? Um, yeah. I, I look. It is my dream to buy a church. Uh, Patreon gold. Help uh, me buy a church, you guys. Already purchased and set to be knocked down for apartment buildings. Of course it Um, is. Which, um, yeah, whatever. And the the article goes into like, you know, sort of uh, what what are these congregations doing? Because, you know, it's not like it's not like there's no congregation left. It's just too small to like fill up this old church that back in the 70s, you know, had... um, 350 to 450 members. Right. right? And it has now dwindled to only 25 to 35 regular attendees. Right. Oh, that's Um, just, I mean, it warms the cockles of the heart, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, these people are losing community and their center. And so it's a sad time for them, Uh, but they found new accommodations at another church down the the way. They're going to be in a, the, taking up a basement space in some other church. Um, <laughs> oh, we're the basement church yeah. now. One of, oh. one of the details is they wanted to take their big cross that was back behind the, 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 you know, the front of the, yeah, up in front of the church. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so they would have something of the old in this new space. Sure. And uh, the, the cross was too big for the space. They actually had to cut it down. <laughs> But fortunately, crosses are like sort of designed to be like cut down. You, you'll oh, never modular, notice. Baby. You, you'll you never can... notice, right? If it's yeah. if you take a little off here, a little off there. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so the article goes into the some interesting statistics. Apparently, the average congregation in two thousand in the year two thousand had, uh, and this is nationwide, um, one hundred and thirty seven people. Which seems huh. like a low number, but okay, whatever. Um, yeah. That number has fallen to 65 in today's oh. America, right? And so, a, 
at at a hundred with 137 people, there were still an, just enough people in these congregations that they could pay a pastor. They could, you know, um, have a choir, they could maintain their building, right? Sure. They, they could, they still had the means to do that at, at 65, it, it becomes really tricky for, for, you uh, can't afford your building anymore. Yeah. Um, especially when it's 25. And so a lot of buildings are going into disrepair. Uh, the smart ones are doing what this group is doing, which is just sell it off to a developer, get well, it's, well, the getting's good, right? Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, the article also goes into the Mormons and Dan, this is really interesting. Apparently the LDS church has basically stopped selling off meeting houses to just any old buyer without including a clause that they have to take, tear down the building. Oh, interesting. So the church will either demolish it first or sorry, developer, you have to use it for something else because, um, apparently there was a, a, a LDS meeting house here in Utah that they sold off and it was turned into a state liquor store. Oh, really? <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> um, I happen to know of an LDS church. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a, an LDS church here in town that, uh, that is used as a theater. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. An old one. Yeah. They probably don't care so much about that one. They probably are like, Hey, if it goes to an arts organization, okay, maybe there's going to be some stuff that whatever, but it's a community meeting space, but they were really bothered about this, this state liquor store. It was probably one of those more like those, not the official, like owned by the state liquor stores, right. like down in Southern Utah. And apparently, oh, because half of the building was a state liquor store and the other half of the building, uh, they punched a hole in the chapel wall to make an auto body shop. And I guess (laughs) the community like went nuts. They were just like, what did you do to our old church? And it's like, well, they sold it off, right? They decommissioned it. Um, And it also tells the story of this guy who 50 years ago, uh, this fellow who, you know, cares about. Uh, Mormon culture and whatnot. He went around and he cataloged uh, roughly 600 Latter-day Saint uh, structures that included uh-huh. chapels, tabernacles, relief society buildings. Relief society. Well, we won't explain yeah, yeah. what that is. Um, he, says, he says that at least 65% of those have been torn down because the church would rather destroy their past than uh, let it go on to some other, some other, uh, use. Some other use. But... When you think about that, I mean, we know about sort of the shifting demographics in this area and how Mormon, yeah. like everybody out there who's not, who's not that familiar with Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City is not that Mormon, right? Because the Mormons all moved out. Right. And, uh, and, but they left a bunch of churches that then the church was like, oh, well, we got to do something with this. And there are so many that are being decommissioned right now. Yeah. It is, it's fascinating to see how many, even Mormon churches in Salt Lake City, like, yeah. You'd think that Mormon churches in Utah, you they're safe, but no, they're they're yeah. being decommissioned left and right. It's lovely. It's a great yeah. time to be alive. It's a great time <laughs> to live in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Um, Things are improving, guys. It's happening. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna close this out with so so recently, uh, every, you know, every year they do the Kennedy Honors, uh, the Kennedy Center Honors. Mm-hmm. Um. 
and they pick a variety of people, usually artists, uh, to 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 honor. Oh yeah. Um, I think this year I saw a picture, and it was like there was U two in the back, and I think George Clooney was an honoree this year. Oh yeah. Okay. And then one of the honorees was uh, America's former sweetheart, Amy Grant. Mm, okay. Remember Amy Grant? I yeah, I think so. She had she had a few hits back in I think the nineties, and she was a big. Uh, she she did uh, Christian music. She oh. she was one of the few that where her Christian music. She had a couple of crossover hits that were just sort of mainstream hits um but yeah multi three multi-platinum albums Mm. six number one hits uh and and then a you know a fuck ton of dove awards which they are they call the christian grammys (laughs) so she was she was a big deal and so she you know she's being honored by the kennedy center for lifetime artistic achievements and that's nice um but one of the things that happened uh when you know when she was honored is that the washington post did a profile of her oh okay and uh you know they interviewed her and one of the things that came out in that profile was that she and her husband vince gill uh country music mm-hmm, guy mm-hmm. decided that they were going to host their niece's lesbian wedding oh on their on their uh on their property okay cute nice uh her her quote was she said, honestly, from a faith perspective, I do always say, Jesus, you narrowed it down to two things, love God and love each other. Hmm. And she said, right. So she said, hey, I mean, hey, that's pretty simple. And would that it were so simple. <laughs> but, uh, but a few very prominent voices decided to jump in and make sure that everyone knew that she is a horrible person. Oh my God. For hosting this same sex wedding on their farm. Uh, one miss none other than Franklin Graham tweeted or made, or no, as a Facebook post and, and basically called it out. Uh, and literally calls out that quote about, uh, love God and love each other. And says, yes, we are to love God and love each other. But if we love God, we will seek to obey his word. Mm. Jesus told us, if you love me, keep my commandments, blah, 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 blah. And here's the thing. Jesus didn't say, if you love me, shun the people who don't keep my commandments. (laughs) As a matter of fact, he was pretty explicit about the opposite of that. Right. But yes, uh, Graham was Graham went on to say God defines what is sin not us and his word is clear that homosexuality is sin and it, it, he's just livid he is just livid it he, it's it's a long post and then Tony Perkins who's a, a another sort of hate monger um he jumped on to say too many Christians have conflated love with affirmation we love everyone, but we cannot affirm all choices. God so loved the world, he sent his son to save us from our sin. He did not send him to affirm us in our sin. Guess what? I don't affirm God sending his son and then murdering him. I I, I think I'm not going to affirm that sin. <laughs> I just think it's so dumb. How it, It's not affirmation to like let your family use your farm for an event. 
Um. So what? But if, maybe it so is. So what if it is? Yeah. Like, and what if it is? Like it's just one. Okay. I mean, I can't like I can't even believe this is the point I'm making, but it's just one person's version of Christianity versus another. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's the whole problem with it. Right. Yeah. Is that they, everybody has their own thing. But the thing that blows my mind is, come on, guys. Do you know how much of this country, like, approves of gay marriage? You get, right. Like, like, can't you just read the writing on the wall? Yeah, read the And room. figure out how these Christians figured it out? Yeah. Right? To where they're just like, yeah, you know, what's the big deal? It's Because it, it's, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's so dumb. Yeah. But I think that the point that you made is correct, that this is like, you got to love the infighting because there's not a single Christian out there that thinks that another Christian is doing it right. <laughs> right. Every Christian is certain that every other Christian is Christianing absolutely incorrectly. <laughs> right. uh, and it is, it's kind of delightful. Oh God. And, and Franklin Graham, like <laughs> he's a, he's what a, a moral he? compass he is for this country. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Like, such a pure, pure soul. Yeah. A, mm. a truly, truly a great voice in our, in our spiritual, uh, <laughs> for right and wrong. wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, if you, ladies and gentlemen at home, would like to tell us about your favorite Amy Grant moment, please <laughs> feel free to write into us. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around. There's more show coming up. Yeah. Well, Frank, Dan, you know, you talked about how a, a lot of Christian congregations are closing up shop or, or, or having to downsize, yeah. having to move out of their, out of their uh, place of worship because of dwindling numbers. But there's other reasons why people have to leave their, uh, their building. Hmm. And uh, this uh, the Christian hate preacher, Jonathan Shelley has made a video out in the parking lot of his building and he is flanked or rather behind him are very visibly uh, protesters. We've played him before on the show and uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's just a peach of a fella. <laughs> um, but here's, this is his message from the parking lot. All right. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Jonathan Shelley from Steadfast Baptist Church. And I wanted to give you an update about our church location. Um, we're actually, unfortunately, gonna have to move again um, for next year. And so obviously we've been protested, you know, like every single week for really years at this point. And it doesn't seem like it's gonna change anytime soon. Um, well, the reality is, you know, nobody really wants to lease to us. Uh, so it makes it very difficult. Um, I am still working on a few options. Uh, we've been hit with a lot of legal fees and all kinds of different issues. If you uh, really want to be a part of our church, it's never been a better time. Our church is growing. Uh, we have a lot of people that love the Lord. And uh, everything's looking really up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, what a moment to, like, 
pitch joining the church. Right? Uh, yeah. We just keep getting kicked out of places because everybody <laughs> no, hates but literally, us. Literally, no one will house us. Uh, come on and join. Uh, people people will growing. yell at you as you come to church. <laughs> It just sounds great. It sounds like a really fun place Ooh, to worship. That is a sales pitch. Um, <laughs> I mean, for people who like the Christian persecution thing, oh, you sure. know, like this is this is great for it's gold. Yeah, it's gold. They are they. Yeah, you can't get more persecuted than you can't find a place to have oh. your church. Like, isn't there a moment? Is there not a moment where where these people go? You know, maybe we're doing something wrong. It's that line from what what was the show where the the Nazis turn to each other and go, "Aviza baddies." <laughs> I think we are the baddies. <laughs> exactly. Oh Lord, I, you love to see it. You love to see it. Um, all right. Well, we had some folks write into us. Uh, Blue wrote into us, dear Frank and Dan, you are the light of my world. Well, that makes Aww. sense. We're pretty great. Um, and then blue has included the hashtag creepy as fuck LDS advertisement. Uh, (laughs) blue goes on to say, I hate religious ads on YouTube, but I know watching them provides the content creator ad revenue. I was not prepared for today's onslaught. I hear a familiar voice emanating from the TV and look up to see the LDS CEO's face, his dead eyes and creepy as fuck occasional attempt at a smile. Inviting people to join his theocratic oligarchy. It was mesmerizing. I control enough capital to eliminate poverty, but I still need 10% of your income. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, uh, Mormonism, man. People believe that shit. Uh, That's some crazy stuff. Totally nuts. Uh, Ruthie wrote into us. Ruthie says, Dear Frank and Dan, I'm listening to a, the new episode uh, and I'm about to lose my mind. No. Oh. As a retired elementary school librarian, the story about the school district creating a book selection committees was very triggering. Mm. The decision to include clergy persons is certainly an awful one, but the decision to have such a committee in the first place is beyond ridiculous. I have a master's degree in library science. Selecting books for the school library is my thing. <laughs> Literally. It's what I do. Right. It's what I was trained to do. Right. Any job description for a school librarian, a.k.a. media specialist, position will include this as one of the primary duties. The problem here goes deeper than what, I, than what it would seem. Librarians are usually way more progressive than their neighbors in, the con- in conservative areas. In my experience, this drove people crazy. I've had parents, teachers, principals, and yes, school board members march into my office and demand that I, one, order a certain Christian book series, two, take books uh, about other religions off the shelves. These were not pro or con, mind you, just information about world religions. Three, take a Sharpie to all the words in the books that they deem objectionable. Oh, my God. Four, yeah, of course. remove biographies from the shelves that they objected to. These included, among others, biographies of Martin Luther King Jr., oh, Barack Obama, yeah. Gandhi, and Bill Gates. <laughs> and five, I mean, Gates, we could lose Gates. It would be fine. <laughs> and five, 
Get rid of all the books with magical or, quote, dark themes. There goes a good 75% of the most popular titles out of the fourth and fifth grade readers. (laughs) Oh, man. In almost every case, I was able to reason with the person and get them to see why the book they objected to was a valuable addition to the school library. The story, this story illustrates the need conservative Christians feel to silence everyone who doesn't agree with their agenda. This story fills me with despair because the children in that district won't have the opportunity to learn what Hindus believe or know who Malcolm X was. They won't get to read Harry Potter or any of the silly but fun series about time-traveling kids or neighbors who are actually monsters. These children are being stopped, stripped of their right to read the books they want to read and learn about the people and things that they want to know about. These are dark times indeed when school boards feel the need to keep the librarians they hired from doing the job they hired them to do. Mm. Couldn't agree more, Ruthie. Yeah. But I mean, come on, just because what? Just because you're trained literally like (laughs) you have a master's degree in it. You think you're better at choosing books than... Karen, the mom of like the shittiest kid in school. I don't know. Anyway, uh, thank you for that, Ruthie. So, Franklin, Dan, it is a it is it is the time of year when giving is on everyone's mind. Oh yeah. Uh, and you know, look, I understand people want to give to their family and loved ones right now. Uh, that makes sense. But we do have uh, we have some folks to thank. Uh, Casey decided to, uh, to part with some of their lovely money and, uh, and they did a one-time donation to us. So they are now a deacon in, uh, in, in whatever the church is that we are pretending we're a part of that can bestow magic powers. So that's fun. Thank you so much to Casey. Um, as for the rest of you, listen here, (laughs) if we... Uh, if you deem us worthy also of a little bit of your generosity, uh, it can be as little as a dollar an episode. Please feel free to go to thankgodimatheist.com and uh, and click on the support us tab. And, you know, there's you can be a patron at Patreon. There's, you know, the Frank and Dan diary that you can get exclusive yeah. access to. Um, or you can just give, you know, do or a be- one-time donation yeah. or whatever you want to do. Uh, and we greatly appreciate it. Indeed, Dan. We most certainly do. And as always, we have our top donor to thank, our Lord and Savior, Davis. Stick around. There's more show coming up. Dan. Yes. Um, we, we do this thing on this show (laughs) where, where we, we harp on, uh, how tough it is, uh, sometimes to, uh, be an atheist in these United States. And I'm not saying that it's, that it's easy. Right. Uh, but there can be, it can be easy for some, it can be, I I feel pretty, I feel pretty lucky, uh, for one. Um, being surrounded by, by atheists, atheists, you know, husband and friends and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, then there's parts of the country where it's rough. Um, but we want to take a quick look and this is not to obviously diminish 
how tough it is for anybody uh, in this country, but there are places in this world where it is uh, rough. <laughs> yeah. To say literally, the least. So there was a, an, an annual report was just released, the Freedom of Thought Report. Mm. And it has, so, I mean, just, it, so it's basically just looking at how, how free thought is in different countries around the world. They literally cover every country. Hmm. And here's the thing. More than 80 countries in this world have laws that criminalize apostasy, blasphemy, or atheism. Yeah. Uh, criminalize. That's not just like, you know, that's, it, it is criminal to not believe in God in some places. Right. Right. And now, and then and, and, the punishments for yeah. these things range from, uh, you know, fines to, you to imprisonment and in the case of 13 countries death yeah the, literally death is on the books as a possible punishment for doing what you and I are doing right now frank oh yeah there's we have officially made it impossible to travel to certain parts of this world you and me yeah <laughs> Yeah, because literally, because this stuff's be, out there. We don't know. We could be on a list somewhere. <laughs> we, we easily could and be just on a list. blithely cross the border into Iran or Saudi Arabia, and suddenly, <laughs> bye bye. First of all, I don't think we're going to be blithely crossing any of those borders. But no, <laughs> no. I think you and I are are a little too keenly aware of this. Yeah. But literally, less. So this report claims that less than 4% of humans on this earth live in countries that are truly secular in the sense that they, uh, they literally have separation of religious and political power. Um, they have a deliberate policy of neutrality and equality towards beliefs, all beliefs, um, and an interest in maximizing freedom of religion. Right. Uh, less than 4%. Yeah. That is... That's a little stunning to me. That's yeah, because like, I mean, like, because it the four percent. Like, what, do you have any sense of where did we ever uh, figure yeah, that out? Yeah, actually, so yeah, so I think it's uh, the U.S. is one of them. Yeah, um, Norway and Sweden, Iceland, uh, France, Belgium. Hmm. Okay. I think South Africa. There's a. There's a few places that are doing pretty well. And all of us together only make up 4%? Yeah, I don't humanity? know exactly which. Yeah, Jesus the, the, the truth is that I really did like plow through a bunch of this thing, but most of what they have, uh, you have to go buy pictures <laughs> of the world, maps of the world, where they are, where, where <laughs> they're making it. Your geography just isn't that. Uh, my geography is good, but like, I do I know what they're talking about when they say, you know, which countries are. Anyway, I'm <laughs> I'm just going by the color code is what I'm going by. Uh, <laughs> but I will say this: you look at these maps, and you know they've got it broken down into like different. You know, they have an overall map, and then they've got maps that talk about, you know, which countries are doing well or poorly with their constitution slash government. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's no surprise that like Northern Africa, the Middle East and, uh, and Asia 
including uh, China and, you know, Indonesia and stuff. Not doing great. Not doing great. Right. Um, on that. Education and children's rights is, a, you know, is another one, uh, another category. Society and community, um, meaning like, you know, you'll get beat up if someone, you know, by, by the neighbors. Maybe the law won't come down on you, but you might get beat up by the neighbors if they find out that you, you know, stopped believing in Allah or whatever. Hmm. Or, or in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that, you know... Brazil, Mexico, they're on, they're they're not doing great on that one. But also, mm-hmm. you know, still all all of Eastern Eastern Europe is doesn't do well uh yeah. with society and community. Italy doesn't do well. Yeah, uh, not surprised. Yeah. yeah. Um freedom of expression and humanist values, like the freedom to just say <laughs> just talk. Not great. Uh, it doesn't always, doesn't always go well. And, and this is where it gets surprising. Cause like countries like Germany don't do well on that. Hmm. Poland, you know, whatever. Uh, so I, I think, I think the point here is that the world is, we still have a long way to go. Like it's kind of shocking. Hmm. The thought that over 70% of people Live, you know, there are, there are sort of esoteric ideas. There are, there are ideas contained in this that can't be quantified, but you can quantify whether or not a country has a, has laws that discriminate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can quantify that. Mm -hmm. And over 70% of humans are living in countries that severely discriminate. That's the wording that they've used in this. Yeah. Severely discriminate against the non-religious. Yeah. That's a that's a thing. Yeah, it's wild. I I pulled up the map because I didn't realize there was a map until you said, <laughs> until you said that. But okay. I, I found the map and I'm clicking around and it's kind of surprising. I I, I want to know more about, you know some of these places that kind of surprise me, uh, to be honest, um, uh, Finland doesn't do very well, for example, not doing as well as they should be as they should be. Right. Um, Australia, Canada, right. Not doing as well as you would expect on this list. Right. Um, Yeah. not, not terrible. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're not, yeah, they're in the red zone. They're on par with Spain, you know, um, and, and Argentina, not sure exactly what that means, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, and, and then like, you know, places like Mongolia doing quite well, doing right? great. And, yeah. and it's like, I'm like, I kind of really need to dig in a little bit more on this uh, about yeah. these specific countries. The overall statistics are, are, are bleak. Um, and it, it sort of reminds, you know, like, you know, you brought it up. This is a time of the year where we think about, giving and i i'm i'm kind of like wow like there's some international work that needs to be done right now yeah like we should probably be turning our focus towards some of these some organizations that are working toward you know more secularism in in some of these places i mean oh, I, that's an interesting thought. i never would have thought that i would need to donate to some secularist canadian organization like i'm right. now concerned about the- <laughs> Because it's not quite as good as, as the U.S. In terms. 
<laughs> but no, but I'm I, you really concerned. <laughs> I would like to hear from our listeners yeah. if you if if you live in a country that ain't ours, yeah, which we have lots of uh, international listeners. Please do write into us and let us know what it's like in your country, and if there is an organization that you think is worthy of uh, of some money. I, you know, I give to the uh, Freedom from Religion Foundation yeah. here. I give to the ACLU. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe it's a good idea to start giving to uh, to organizations that are pre- that that are trying to enshrine some of these rights in some of these other countries. Because yeah. uh, I got news for you, Germany. You're not doing as well as maybe you should be. <laughs> Jesus. I, it's yeah, it's yeah. And and truly like some of these places we you know cuz you and I we do stories on people in Bangladesh or in, you know, Iran or in northern Africa or whatever where people are literally being killed. Mm-hmm. Uh or you know, Pakistan, mm-hmm. whatever. People are being killed because they stopped believing because they literally honestly took a look at their at at the belief system that they were grown up that they sort of was foisted upon them as a child and they went oh you know what this actually just doesn't make sense to me i don't believe this hmm. and that's a criminal offense hmm. in so many countries it's literally against the law to realize you don't to 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 act in accordance with your conscience. Mm, yeah. So that's not great. I don't approve of that. Yeah. Anyway, uh that's a it's just a fun thing to think about going into uh going into the new year. Um but yeah, do let us know of the good work that's being done out in the world. Yeah. Uh and because we'd love to highlight it. And uh, and and let us know how how you're doing out there, because because yeah, seventy percent of us aren't in a great spot. Yeah, it's rough. That's a well, rough. if you want to do that, if you want to uh, send these things into us, please do so by writing into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. or call and leave us a voicemail message about it. Uh, the telephone number is four two four six 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 eight four four two. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. Click the like button. And if you'd like to join one of our members-only lounges, all you have to do is honestly just be a listener. Um, yep. You can find them by going to thankgodimatheist.com slash members-only. Yeah, uh, that's on Discord, that's on Facebook, those are great. Thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We sure do appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.